No Zion Williamson, no Brandon Ingram, and you often hear me say no problem or that the team tried really hard. But in the Pelicans' 124-98 loss to the Miami Heat, there were big problems as the offense ground to a halt. While there aren't a ton of options until the team gets healthy, there are a few tweaks they should make. Let's break it down in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go! are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Thursday, day after the Pelicans lose a bad one. Maybe the worst loss of the season, one of them. 124-98 to the Miami Heat. No offense for New Orleans. And look, it's somewhat understandable, but you could see some very specific things going wrong for the Pelicans, and I'll break that down in the first segment of today's show. Plus, I also have a bit of a Brandon Ingram update for you. Segment two and three, we're going to look at two tweaks that they could make to at least try and generate some more offense, make things a little bit easier on themselves against these good teams. Because they do, to their credit, take care of business against bad teams. But right now, they're in danger of slipping to the fourth seed from the third seed. They're not really in danger of dropping a five just yet. But they're finally starting to slip in the standings, and that adds a little bit more pressure onto everything. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. I'm here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. Trade targets, what's going wrong in the losses, even the wins too, how are they looking there? CJ playing like an all-star in tomorrow's show. I'm going to give you a reason why they should not make a trade. There are very many reasons why they should not make a trade. There's also many reasons why they should make a trade, and I'll leave it up to you to decide what you think they should do. But let's take a look at what, well, before we get into the Miami game, so let's look at Brandon Ingram. We still don't have an update on when he's going to play. I did a show on him yesterday. Give it a listen if you haven't already. Everything that's kind of going on there. If he's going to play soon, there's a couple of things he's got to do first. Willie Green talked about it saying they've got to get him cleared for practice first. He's going through those steps now. But that means he's going to need to go through at least one five-on-five practice before they let him get out there on the court and play. The problem is with all of these games, you don't get a ton of five-on-fives throughout the regular season to be able to go and get that practice time in. you got to give guys days off. Sometimes it's just shoot-arounds. So they practice, when you're listening to this, Thursday the 19th. And then Saturday, the 21st, if he doesn't practice or participate in one of those, he's not playing just yet. They're likely off Monday, the 23rd. I'm missing the games that are, that are, uh, the game days there against the Orlando magic and then the Miami heat. And then they have a practice on, or they're going to likely be off Monday, the 23rd. Then they have the back to back against Denver in Minnesota on the 24th and the 25th. They're going to be off Thursday, the 26th. And then maybe practice, likely practice the 27th before the back-to-back against the Washington Wizards and the Milwaukee Bucks on the road. I think you could maybe see 
and you know, maybe it'll be before this, but I doubt it. You might see Brandon Ingram go through a full five on five practice on the 27th and then play in that game against the Washington Wizards. Maybe they rest him on the second night of the back to back against Milwaukee. You always kind of play the guy in the game, you know, you can win and then kind of punt the other, the tougher game. And that's maybe what they're going to do there. So you might see him play on the, in the game against the Washington Wizards on the 28th, first night of back to back. If he practices on the 27th. Okay, that's the update there. Let's look at the this game, the 124-98 loss to the Miami Heat. No offense for New Orleans. They really, really struggled right out of the gates with this one. The spacing was atrocious, and against a team with a decent enough defense in the Miami Heat, they're not an amazing team this year, but certainly they're going to be able to play some defense against you. They, and they did. They did very well on this one. In fact, their defense is fifth, so they are a good defensive team. They knew what to do which was not respect the Pelicans' three-point shooters, and anytime someone drove into the paint, collapse on them. If they gave Jonas the ball on an entry pass, and immediately he was doubled. If CJ tried to do anything, going downhill, or even on the perimeter, double him, sometimes triple him, and it worked. You know, there's there's a concept called shell defense, right? It's kind of expanding and contracting. Guy drives into the paint, everyone kind of collapses. I hit my mic there. Collapses on him. And then when he kicks it out, you expand back out to defend the three-point line, expanding, contracting, all of that. And you saw the Miami Heat not really need to expand ever because they weren't worried. They also play a lot of zone. They weren't worried about any of the Pelican shooters at all. Just pack the paint, take that away, Force turnovers that way. You would see New Orleans get down into the teeth of the defense, starting around the free throw line, going down towards the paint. There'd be two Miami Heat players there. Guess what? Those legs, those arms, the traffic there, the lack of spacing for any of those drives led to a lot of turnovers. New Orleans in this one had 18 turnovers, and that led to 24 points off turnovers for the Miami Heat. Bad spacing leads to turnovers. Just not enough Shooting, and the thing is, and this is funny, and we'll talk about it more in the third segment, I guess, funny, irony, the Pelicans shot well from three. The third segment is literally going to be me saying the Pelicans need to shoot more threes. A couple of players in particular need to shoot more threes, and they need to do this to just try and get something going. The second segment is going to be talking about Kyra Lewis Jr. and other ideas when it comes to the lineups. If the spacing is going to be bad, lean into other things. But that's what happened in this game against the Miami Heat. The spacing was terrible, and it just left New Orleans nothing. And they weren't shooting enough threes, and the three-point shooters weren't being respected by the Miami Heat to kind of break that apart and to force them to expand and to defend on the three-point line. That's why you saw all of those turnovers. So many of them were them driving and then just losing the ball from arms being stuck in or hitting a wall of people and not having an option or anything to do. Combine that with New Orleans really coming out with a big time lack of energy. And this was just a recipe for disaster. Jonas, four turnovers. CJ, three turnovers. Dyson Daniels, five turnovers. Those are the people handling the ball, trying to initiate the offense, trying to do things, doing more than just catch and shoot. And it wasn't good. And that's really where they struggled. When you hear people talk about trade targets, notice they're almost all offensive because you run into this issue and there was just no one else that could kind of create anything. Getting another offensive creator, a guy who can get his own shot, but also shoot threes to space the court for others, feels really important. Though we're going to say why they maybe don't need to make a move tomorrow. 
but you could really see it on display against a good defense. Bam Adebayo also really helps when he's anchoring the defense down low, and he was excellent in this game, just doing everything offensively and defensively for the Miami Heat. But New Orleans really ran into some trouble. And look, you're missing a bunch of guys. You're missing 48 points that are in street clothes in Zion and B.I., but there still are some tweaks they could make. And let's start to look at that coming up next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans as I keep coughing. Today's episode, before we get to that though, is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you gotta try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays and one of my goals is to eat a little bit healthier. I was really working on that last year, really focusing on it this year, feeling a whole lot better. But I also don't wanna compromise on taste. I don't wanna just eat things that taste like cardboard. And that's why you've gotta try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. And seriously, they're so delicious. You won't think they're good for you and that instead you're eating a candy bar, which makes them perfect for your New Year's resolution. They're all covered in 100% real chocolate, and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. These bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros, 130 calories, 4 grams sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Now, you don't even need to wait to get a box. I've been telling you to go to built.com, but you can also get them now at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. So head to Walmart and pick up a box of the cookies and cream or the double chocolate or the coconut puffs. You can also go to Sam's and get a 13-bar box of the hit flavors brownie batter and churro. Go give Built Bars a try. You can thank me later. And thank you for making Lockdown Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday like no one else is doing, coming to you completely free, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. Unfortunately, it's kind of bad after this loss to the Miami Heat. But you can very clearly see what went wrong for this team. And it's not easy, right? When you look at this, this is just kind of how it might be for a little bit till they get healthy or make a trade. Because 48 points in street clothes, Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, having other offensive guys out there, you very clearly need them. They look like a team that's missing 48 points because they are. So I'm not mad at what happened in this game against the Miami Heat. It's just kind of the situation right now. You know, you have the role players who have stepped up admirably this season, but against a good defense, it's only going to go so far. It's only going to go so far. But they are, to their credit, capable of beating subpar teams. But against good teams, either you last until like the second half, third quarter, fourth quarter, and it fades, or you just get dominated from start to finish. And it's okay. It's not a knock on these guys to say that. They're just not capable of rising to that level. There's a talent disparity there. But can they do anything? Anything else? And so here's kind of where I'm at in my thinking with this team and watching them the past couple of games, particularly the fourth quarters where the offense has sputtered. You saw it against the Knicks, not the Knicks, sorry, the Nets. You saw it against Boston. You also saw it against the Cleveland Cavaliers. And you saw it for the entirety of this game. Spacing is bad. They don't, other teams aren't respecting other Pelican shooters. They don't respect Najee Marshall as a spacer. They somewhat respect Trey as a spacer, but I want to get into him a little bit more in the third segment. They don't respect Jose as a spacer, and to Jose's credit, he had a couple of threes in this game. I wasn't upset with that. He went three of five from deep. Outside of CJ, he was the only guy to hit multiple threes, (coughs) and it leads to just bad things happening. So here's what I think needs to really be considered by 
Oh, sorry, um, Devontae hit multiple threes in this one too as well. One of the things I think New Orleans needs to look at is if you're just not going to have teams respect your spacing, like don't stress about it. Don't stress about it. Don't try and put spacers on the court if they're not giving you anything in any other areas. You've seen New Orleans close the past couple of games with Jose Alvarado out there on the court next to CJ McCollum. It might be time to try Dyson Daniels there instead of a guy like um, Jose. If they're not going to respect Jose as a shooter and he's sometimes limited in the half court, but he also still makes unbelievable plays, put a guy who's got good size and is good defensively out there. At least that's giving you and kind of filling gaps in another area. You know, if you're going to go with poor spacing or teams aren't going to respect your spacing, Maybe try another guard in Kyra Lewis Jr. You know, at least get you someone that can get downhill and attack a little bit more effectively than some of the other guys here on this roster, right? Devontae Graham, who I don't think he's played amazing, certainly hasn't been good, but hasn't been like atrocious, like some might, people might want you to think, you know, he doesn't get downhill, doesn't put pressure on the rim. So if they're not respecting him as a shooter and he only gives you six points, Put someone else down there that maybe just puts some pressure on the rim, and that's going to be a Kyra Lewis Jr. You know, it could be a Darion Sebron too, but I think you give it to Kyra Lewis Jr. before. Give it to someone who just does something else. If Devontae Graham's not spacing the court for you because teams don't respect it, replace him with someone else that still won't force teams to space the court but does anything else, whether that's defense, whether that's rebounding, whether that's playing downhill. Just try something else. And kind of lean into the fact that your spacing is bad and that teams aren't caring for it. I don't think that's necessarily the wrong move because certainly what they've tried isn't working. You saw the offense fall apart in the fourth quarter against the Cleveland Cavaliers. May as well play good defense during that time instead of bad offense and you know mediocre to bad defense. I think you can maybe get a game or two somewhere along those lines, if that's the case. I think those are the tweaks you really need to see the team start to make, or at least one of the tweaks that they could make. Again, there's not a lot of solutions right now outside of, oh, hey, cool, the team is entirely healthy. I'm not really upset with this loss because there's only so much they can do, and there's not answers up and down the roster right now, but there are other things you can do. There are other things you can do, and you haven't seen Devontae Graham give you a whole lot, right? They didn't play Jackson Hayes in this game, went to Billy Herney and Gomez instead, because maybe, well, Jackson Hayes got some like garbage time, so did Kyra in this, who, by the way, made a three. You know, they went with Billy Herney and Gomez first to give him some points and got some fouls called, which is good, but also didn't give you much defensively. There's just, unfortunately, not a lot of answers. And it makes this kind of frustrating and it puts more pressure, you know, and kind of exacerbates, I think, the situation around Brandon Ingram. But I also don't think you can force him back too. Yeah, this has lingered a little bit, but if he's not right, he's not right. As I said in yesterday's show. So it just puts New Orleans, you know, in a spot where this might be rough for a little bit. And you just got to hope you can kind of limp to the all-star game. But that's still what we, we talked about it yesterday, 15 games away, something like that. Like that's not exactly the closest thing in the world right now. Maybe it's 10 games, whatever it is. You got a ways to go before you get there and things could get rough. They're, they're going to slip to fourth. It looks like soon. 
in the Western Conference. They're not quite in danger of being five, which is good, but it doesn't mean they won't start to slip and all of a sudden start to lose home court advantage. So maybe you just need to make a tweak or two and see if that just gives you anything because what you're doing right now maybe works for three quarters against the right teams, but clearly doesn't get you the wins. And so that's why I think it could be time to change some things up. So maybe it is play Kyra Lewis Jr., play some of these other guys, try different lineups, knowing that your spacing is going to be bad no matter what. So lean into other areas where you could have an advantage, where you could have a strength, or at least try and kind of plug some of the gaps and fill some opportunities that way. So coming up next, the other tweak they can make, shoot more threes. This is actually a pretty simple one, but let's break that down. There's, there's a little more to it than that. Let's break that down next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. So you can get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, whether that's the NBA, the NFL playoffs, you know, uh, soccer all over the world. They've got it all over at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, they've got those too. So it's always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action happening right now over at betonline.net, betonline, where the game starts. And thank you for making Lockdown Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday. No one else is coming to you like this. No one else is coming to you completely free, giving you the breakdowns of the games, looking at trade targets and what the Pelicans can do to try and kind of get things right until Brandon Ingram comes back and Zion Williamson comes back. And also, by the way, giving you injury updates and kind of timelines, as I did earlier in the show, on when you might see them. So subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Please tell a friend about the show. Get them clued in that Locked On Pelicans is here every single day, giving them their Pelicans fix. And number one thing you can do, comment down below on YouTube. Is it time for the Pelicans to try different lineups? Let me know what you think down below. So today we're talking about the Pelicans losing. What was the final score? 124-98 to the Miami Heat. It was rough. That was not a good game for the Pelicans. Offense sputters, offense just falls apart, and again, not a ton of solutions, but there are some tweaks they can try, and I definitely think different lineups, maybe just trying to see what Kyra can give you, what Dyson Daniels can give you in you know, a, a bigger role, particularly in the fourth quarter, and just lean into the fact that you're not a good shooting team, so go put dudes that attack the basket and just relentlessly drive out there and see what happens, or be real, try and be good defensively then, too. Another option, I think could be shoot more threes, shoot more threes. The Pelicans being a team that doesn't shoot a lot of threes when Zion Williamson is out on the court is perfectly acceptable and makes a lot of sense, actually. And you might think that's sorry counterintuitive, right? You need to be shooting a lot of threes to space the court for Zion. But when Zion Williamson, who's taking per game, was he taking 16 shots? You know, there's in, you know, getting the ball more than that too, you know, and going to the line. So it's really more than like 16 shooting possessions for him. When you look at it like that, this is a guy who's going to be having a high usage rate, which means usage rates for others go down. And so there's fewer threes being shot. You just got to make those threes when you take them. And New Orleans, for the most part, has done a very good job of that this season. <coughs> but in a game like this, when you don't have Zion Williamson, when you don't have a lot of guys kind of with exceptionally high usage rates, shoot more threes. 33s taken in this game 
isn't enough. That's not enough. The Pelicans are 28th in the league in terms of three-pointers attempted per game at 30.7. So they're kind of right at their average. Take more of them. New Orleans in this game shot well from three, 43.3%. They had three guys make multiple threes. You also had Najee Marshall go one of five, Trey Murphy go one of six. If they keep shooting and get a couple more threes, does this game change a little bit? Miami, by comparison, took 35 threes, five more, but shot it at 34.3%. If New Orleans starts bombing away from three and they're making them and you're trading threes for twos, how does that change and can you get back into a game like this? They passed up a lot of really open looks and it was kind of shocking to me. Trey did this a couple of times too, and I'm a huge Trey fan, but you've seen this a little bit recently that unless the shot's completely wide open, he doesn't want to take it. Man, this entire team needs to let it fly because they have been unable to score at the rim. They're not getting the points in the paint like they normally do. So shoot threes, shoot threes. They're worth more than twos. You shot well in this game. You've been a top 15 three-point percentage team all season long. Take more threes when you don't have Zion or B.I. out there to kind of dominate the ball. Just see what happens, right? There are a couple times when Trey early in the shot clock passed out of an open three that maybe they didn't want him to take. But take it. He likes launching from 30 feet. We've seen him make those. It puts more pressure on the defense, and they have to account for something like that. You know, if they're missing, that's okay. Keep shooting, please, because you're not making a lot of twos. There's no offense really going on in this one. New Orleans really struggled. So shoot more threes. See what happens. There's no reason not to right now, especially in a game like this when you're not really expected to win. Devontae Graham only taking two shots from deep. Take more. Like, take more. I'm not the biggest Devontae guy. Y'all know that. But take more threes. There's no reason not to. They don't have anyone else that you know, needs the high usage rate. So let these other guys have their kind of time time to shine. Put pressure on them. They're a good three-point shooting team. This could be an advantage for New Orleans right now over about half the teams in the league. And if you're trading threes for twos, that's good. Threes are worth more than two. I say this usually the reverse, right? When the Pelicans aren't shooting enough threes, they're making twos, opponents are making threes, and you lose the math game. Win the math game. You know, it's not, a revolutionary concept. You know, you want the right guys shooting threes too. Dyson went 0 for 1, but he hasn't shot horribly on wide open looks. So create some wide open looks for him. And trust me, the looks are open because teams aren't respecting the Pelicans' three-point shooters. So don't be afraid to let it fly. Don't even be afraid to let it fly in contested ones. You've seen Trey not really want to take contested threes, and that's fine. Those aren't great shots always, but heck, try it. What do you got to lose right now? You lost this game by a lot anyway, and the offense did nothing. Shoot a bunch more threes. Like, I know it sounds simple, right? This is kind of a silly segment on its face, but it's not wrong when you watch this game and they got nothing going otherwise. Oh, no, they lose by 40 instead of 30? Like, who cares at that point? See what you can do with it. So what they've been doing, you could... Over the past couple of games, you could see it building to this point. You could see it building to this point where the offense was going to fall apart eventually. And it did in this game. So try and avoid those same mistakes. Try and use this as a learning experience. Willie Green said after the game, he's got to get in the film room, see what went went wrong. Hopefully we see some changes because we've started to see this really play out in these losses now, particularly in the fourth quarters. But now this one was the whole game. I think it's definitely time for a little bit of change. 
Let me know what you think down below. Or everyone just get healthy. That works too. And then problem solve. That would be ideal. Let's go with that one. But unfortunately, that's not going to happen right away. So that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all so much for listening. Tomorrow's show, we're going to look at why the Pelicans should not make a trade. There's salary cap implications on this. There's luxury tax implications on this too. There's long-term implications. I'll break it all down for you in tomorrow's episode. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison at NOLA Jake. I'll see y'all next time.